All righty. Welcome to Boom Talk Studios, deep in the heart of South Eugene, at the 7 o'clock hour, on a fine summer evening, South Eugene. Fox trying to get a foxhole, season 2, episode 26, number 58 overall. Woohoo. And what do we have here? Well, we have the Suns holding on to a seven-point lead in Game 2. We'll be giving you updates as we go through this podcast. Got some MLS action going on right now. In the 63rd minute, the Five Stripes in Nashville City are not at it, too. Wow, Nashville not trailing for late. Tra- tra- trailing at late for once. We got the Red Bulls leading 1-0 at 67th minute. Over 10 men, Philadelphia Union. A lot of MLS to talk about when we get to the beautiful game live. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme music. Thank Rode and Zoom for providing the wonderful tools that help all of us struggling content creators who operate on a shoestring budget. Thank my sponsors. Y'all are rock and rollers. You know who you are. We really appreciate the support. And, you know, it's just another interesting week. Crazy things have been going on in the, in the personal life. Hence, no scene yet, but we're getting there. We got this thing going, and we're really um, cruising through season two. Looking forward to season three as we wind this season down. We still got some episodes left. But uh, I take that back. We're not at the half. It's 48 43. Phoenix, 218 left in the second quarter. Wow, I guess what I was looking at posted something wrong. All right, folks, enough of my rambling. Let's get to it. The COVID Chronicles. Yes, indeed. That pesky COVID still eating the cream and clear, getting drunk on the HGH in the nightclubs, in the stadiums, in the arenas, in the bars, at the ball, still wreaking havoc. Well, I can say here, at least stateside, we have some we have some issues, but this is one of the shortest outlines yet. Maybe that's why I ramble so much to fill the time to start things off. We started out last week after I left the air, you know, with uh, Hideki Matsuyama. You know, Masters champion. He tested positive for COVID-19 and had to withdraw from the Rocket Mortgage Tournament in Detroit. And there was a big scare because Phil played with them on, on Thursday. And along with other players, as I told you a few weeks ago about the strict protocols in place for the Open, which is coming up here real quick. So, so far, you know, this happened kind of like after I posted the last episode. So far... I haven't heard anything negative as far as guys on tour turning up positive. You know, I still get back to how these athletes, I mean, you you can't give the vaccine away, but yet we're having all these high-profile athletes still coming down with it, which means they don't want to get vaccinated. You know, I'm not going to get into that argument. I like that happened on somebody else's podcast, but it's still a head-scratcher when you think of the impact when you come down with this. It's the crazy stuff. And now, and speaking of that, 
You know I've been talking about the Olympics long before it was in vogue, like many things on this podcast. Not to pat myself on the bat too much. But yeah, you know, a lot of the times we've been sometimes two months ahead of everybody else in terms of hammering these things and talking about what a major impact or cancellation, you know, blah, 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 all that good stuff. You know, we're all over the place. But yes, so a surge of cases in Tokyo. As I was telling you last week, it was going to be impossible that Japan would declare a state of emergency. Well, it's happened. The Olympics start in two weeks. Cases were spiking. So they announced today that state of emergency is in effect. No spectators will be allowed at the Olympics. Um, for people that have had travel plans, family, boyfriends, girlfriends, folks that want to see the Olympics and, and, and visit Japan, that's a major gut punch. You know, we saw this coming for sure, that given the inability to contain this virus, there was a possibility there was going to be no fans. I mean, I was thinking for a while there wasn't even going to be any games this go around. But, you know, fortunately, there will be games, but there will be no fans there. So it's going to be, if you were able to deal with watching the bubble or watching the return of European soccer last year, and even MLS down in its bubble, you'll survive. I mean, you know, obviously, not having that fan element, you know, during the competitions and the award ceremonies will be kind of strange. But they don't have it under control there. And even if they're being over-precautious, that's the way it goes. So, saw it coming. And then another major thing, and this just came down the pike earlier. I mean, I went to uh, post there, I should say, you know, about to talk about Tyson Fury and how there was an outbreak in his camp and how it threatened to postpone the July 24th mega bout that he's got coming up with Wilder. Well, now Fury has tested positive for COVID-19 and the fight has now been postponed. Once again, another high-profile athlete. And, you know, this is obviously going to be the, the biggest boxing match of the year and of the trilogy and all that kind of stuff. And yet, for some reason, comes down with COVID-19. And now something that we were all looking forward to. Hey, get well. This is no joke, as I told you before. I had my own experience with it. But it's still mind-boggling. Can't give the vaccine away, but yet people are still coming down with CB19. We got three members of the USA Select basketball team is training and helping training with uh, our team that's going to represent the USA at those Olympics. They have three members who've had to enter the quarantine health safety pro protocol as well. Crazy stuff. Over in England, the ODI cricket squad forced to isolate as a major outbreak hits that squad. And then over in South Africa, which I think I was telling you about a few weeks ago, major outbreak there. The rugby squad conti continues to be quarantined, and that's wreaking havoc as far as the, the international competitions in that sport, like cricket, rugby, and a few other things that we're not so familiar with over here in the States. But yeah, it's really becoming, not becoming, it's not going away. Yet, I guess, you know, even here, we had some major events that are being impacted by people coming down with this. 
So I don't know what to say. It's, it's it to me. It's absolutely surreal that sports are being affected by this still, especially here. Um, we'll leave it to somebody else's podcast, like I've said a million times, as far as the whole vax, non-vax argument. And you know, I've got my opinions, but this isn't the place for it, you know, as far as getting that debate goes. We just like to talk about the games, keep our politics and personal beliefs out of it. And we've been pretty consistent about that, I like to think. All right, folks. Since that was a little bit short, we kind of wrangled through that. Time to, like, taste on our tasty beverage over here. A nice two-town cider, a prickly pear. Found my nice sunglasses that were missing, even though I've got tons of RNAs, but my red ones are very special to me. I fixed gear a bike. Well, it's not really fixed gear, but my hybrid bike is in the shop because some vandals stripped it, so I can't be that cool. But I can hop on my Gulfstream 500 and get ready to take a very high view above campus. And we'll do that on the other side. Yeah. All righty, welcome back to Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 26, Number 58 overall. Okay, so like I was rambling about before we went to break, time for our high view above campus. As we know, the school year is over, so things are slowing down a bit, but not really as, once again, something we've been talking about for a long time. The whole NIL thing is really blowing up. We'll have a lot to say about that. But we start out with a very somber note. As legendary UCLA coach Terry Donahue passes away at the age of 77. You could say, at least in my lifetime, as far as the Bruins' heyday years go, Terry was the man. A lot of uh, people that went to the NFL in his tenure. A couple of big Rose Bowl victories. Though he did a stint later with the 49ers, being part of that organization. San Fernando Valley, man, went to Notre Dame High School. You know, another famous alum along with some of the guys in Jane's Addiction. But yeah, uh, very iconic figure as far as the Pac-10 is concerned. Um, our condolences go out to his family, friends, and all of the Bruin uh, alumni. You know, definitely a uh, major passing there. Speaking of the Bruins, we can tell you, and another one of these interesting oddities that's coming out this year, I know that the rules have been loosened, as we told you that would also happen, is one of the consequences of, you know, students being empowered in the wake of COVID and the social justice movements. So, Bruins breakout star Johnny Zhang, Zhang, or however you pronounce that, you know me, butchering the names, he's opting out of the draft, and he will return to Westwood for another season. Now that he struggled in the past, but really had a breakout season as the Bruins, being the play-in team, made the Final Four, but this goes to the whole conversation of folks that are saying, well, if I'm going to be a second-rounder, maybe I can get some of that NIL cash to hold me over, and 
I'll, I'll give her the girl and see if I can get into, into the lottery. I've been wondering whether or not this is going to become a prevailing trend, and I've seen this happen with a few others, but he's like the most notable. I think there's something to that, and I think we're going to see more of that. Scotty Pippen Jr. deciding to stay at Vandy for the same reason. You know, obviously, if you're not if you're not getting lottery money, and you can somehow wrangle these deals, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, I thought another interesting story that came out was just reading about this when I was preparing my outline. University of Hartford, who went to Division One back in the '80s, I believe. Athletes there are suing the school to prevent a move from Division One to Division Three. The school says it'll save over $9 million by making this move. Yeah? But the athletes are saying, oh, hell no. I didn't come to this school to be playing no D3 ball. Well, if you're at Hartford, yeah, we know you've, they've had some success stories. But more likely, you ain't playing pro. You're probably going to be playing overseas anyway. They're going to honor your scholarship commitment. I mean, I would be irritated, too, if all of a sudden I was, you know, getting to play, even even as body bag games, high-profile schools, and the next thing you know, you're playing St. Augustine State. I get it, and it is kind of unfortunate, but this is the flip side of all of this big money being made. And, you know, something could grief. And I'm telling you, I'm not being conceited here, but these are things that people who know me, that I've been talking about for a while, going back almost 15, 20 years of being at a school like, like University of Oregon, which I'll mention here in a minute as well, that the, 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 the big money economics that's driving college sports now is going to take away the little guys and the middle guys. They're not going to be able to compete when you sit there, and I told you a while back about the SEC giving, giving its schools $23 million in relief. Here is a school like Harvard just saying, hey, we're, you know, if we, if we go to Division three, we can save $9 million on how far that will go. That just gives you a vivid illustration as far as the gulf between the haves and have-nots. And the have-nots are really, going by attrition, are going to just throw their hands up. I don't think they want to give up college athletics, and this is something that many of us have thought, you know, that years ago, even before stuff like NILs and compensation were even on the table, just, like I said, you know, this big money basically tilting the, you know, the, the balance in favor of, you know, what is now the Power Five schools. And if you ain't making that money, then... You have to scale back, apparently. Crazy stuff. So let's get down to, well, wait a minute. Let me, before I get to that point, well, no, I'll, 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 I'll flip it around. So I told you last week when this all, when, when July 1st hit, when the clock struck 12, and you already started seeing deals, that this was going to get interesting. I didn't know it was going to get interesting this quickly. So reports come out this week that AT&T, yeah, that AT&T, has made a deal with the University of Miami to commit 6K in an NIL deal to every Canes player on scholarship. Really? 
I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the kind of manipulation that can, that, that's going to happen. You know, and going back to these kids who are staying in school, just like saying, you know what, I can hang out on campus, have all the hotties, and up my stock. You know, it, it's no longer a matter of eating ramen or going through other nefarious means to have, you know, a standard of living fitting of a, of a student athlete. And on a smaller scale, one of the major martial arts gym owners uh, down in Florida, he's going to offer the same thing as far as every Canes athlete on scholarship and another NIL, NFT, whatever you know you want to call it. They're different, but, they're, but a lot of the times now they'll be aligned. But basically, he's putting up 540k, which really amounts to 500 dollars for every. Hurricanes player that's on scholarship. So we're already talking 65 k We're already talking, you know, $6,500. Six and a half K already. And we know more deals are coming. Over here in Oregon, as I was about to mention, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's going to be a star on Sundays, he signs an NIL NFT deal with Phil Knight personally. So... Just a precursor to see what kind of shenanigans Nike's going to do. I mean, Oregon's already pulling in all blue chippers and, and the sports that matter left and right. But Phil starts putting a way to compensate these guys. It's going to be on more than Donkey Kong. I, you know, I've, I've got my feelings about this, but watching it evolve, it's really interesting and in how... I mean, it, 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 it's, getting, it's getting so shameless. I can't wait till where we are come, let's say, the middle of October, how insane this is going to be. You know, you got that. Some gymnast has a possibility of becoming a millionaire because of her TikTok and other things. So, yeah, stay tuned. Crazy stuff. Um, let me get back to this one. How about... North Carolina players, this is football, telling Mac Brown they're not in favor of a 12-team playoff. They think it should be six to eight teams. Now, you know, it's kind of interesting to hear students. I'd love to see what people at other schools are saying. Not sure why they would want six or eight, you know, compared to 12. Not that North Carolina is actually going to be smelling that. They've, you know, Mac's done a great job there, but yeah, I think Dabo's going to have a thing or two to say about that. But as far as getting a, a college football playoff spot, but really fascinating. And I have to get some more insights what's driving that. Okay, and I have to, like, go with this one. And, you know, one of the more oddities is, you know, I love getting to talk about my alma mater. I know, I feel like a narcissist about all this, you know, me, me, me kind of stuff. But no, is this is one of those podcasts where there's a lot of things that are sort of related this way. So I don't get to talk about the alma mater too often. And when, I, when it does make news, it's usually news. And this past week, I mean, I guess it's a really, it's, it's a dual thread here. So Reggie Theus, you know that Reggie Theus, formerly of UNLV NBA fame, he had a coaching stint at Cal State Northridge which ended in disgrace as he got into fisticuffs with then-athletic director Brandon Martin. Team stunk there, I can tell you that. 
And I think it's interesting that he gets a job at Bethune-Cookman, HCBU, as the head coach and athletic director. And I'm sitting here thinking, geez, did you all see any, you, like read anything or see any tape? Or are you just that desperate for a name? Now, the flip side of that, and why I say this is just such a surreal thing, is I told you a little while back about Mark Gottfried, yes, that Mark Gottfried, who was CSUN's current coach, and how him and his coaching staff, which includes Jim Herrick, have been put or placed on suspension. Well, geez, this has been two months, and we have not heard a damn thing from the CSUN administration. So people have fled the program in droves for obvious reasons, thinking they're probably the coaching staff won't be there, but we don't know that. No, no news on anybody committing. It's just like, on the one hand, Theus getting a lifeline, and then Northridge being Northridge. And only Northridge could pull this kind of nonsense off, or as we like to say, CSUN being CSUN. Yeah, I know, I'm sitting here talking about my alma mater, but yeah, it's one of those, like, WTFs, like, really? How can this, how long can this go? Anyhow, you know, the... A, a small, you know, band of fans who are hardcore backers, most of us have been for years. We're in the dark and have been, and I don't see this controversy closing anytime soon. Okay, we'll be back with something you should probably know on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Second half has just started. Phoenix has an 11-point lead. They lead the series 1-0. More about that when we get to the NBA beat. As far as the MLS is concerned, Philadelphia, 10-man Philadelphia Union has pulled one back. It is 1-1 at Red Bull Arena in Jersey. And Nashville and Atlanta are still tied at two in the 86th minute. And New York and uh, Philadelphia are have just gone to extra time, so or stoppage time, we should say. But we'll talk more about the beautiful game here momentarily. Now it's time for something you should probably know, or just a window into things you might want to know about. Let's talk about Shikari, Shikari, Shikari. That Shikari Richardson, who was given a month ban for a failed THC test. Um, mentioned it briefly, but now she's out of the Olympics. There was some hope that she would be in the re relay, but the USA's track and field association feels that there won't be enough time to get practicing because, you know, there is the timing of passing the baton. I think it's a bit BS. And keeping her out for weed. We'll be talking about that a little bit later, but I just think it's just utterly ridiculous. I, I, I can't, you know, very sad story coming out of Georgia. If, I don't know if some of you heard about the Georgia golf pro Gene Stiller being shot and killed with two others on a course in Kennesaw. Apparently, he stumbled upon a crime in progress and was shot in the head. What the hell? You aren't supposed to be getting iced on the golf course. 
Our condolences to his family, friends, you know, just a really terrible story coming out of Georgia. Yeah, just so I saw it really bum me out. All right, let's go to some more um, upbeat things. So we can tell you that Mr. Jokovic makes the semis at Wimbledon for the 10th time. No surprise there. On the flip side, we saw that Roger Federer goes down. And, you know, in three sets, I mean, in straight sets, I should say, or three sets, but straight sets for only the third time in a story career. And he was 6-0 blanked in the deciding set. And, you know, he's thinking it might be his last Wimbledon. And you know what? He will be 40 next year. And it's like, yeah, maybe the game has passed you by. I'm not going to write him off yet because, as you see, guys like Brady, LeBron, Salatan, you know, others who are in the twilight still getting it done. But, yeah, not a good shit. I mean, hey, he was able, you know, to get to the fourth round. So, I mean, it was a good effort. But I think maybe his elite days, eh, they might be coming to an end. At least as far as being able to win another Grand Slam title. So, going over to a little racing, Mr. Verstappen. Mr. Max doing good again. He increases his F1 series lead by winning the Austrian Grand Prix over the weekend. As Lewis Hamilton finishes fourth, as he was plagued by car trouble. We had a NASCAR, 4th of July. Saw the folks going to Wisconsin at Road America. First Cup Series road race there since 1956. And Chase Elliott wins as he's establishing himself as king of the road course. Props to him. Over in Indy, they had some fireworks at the Mid-Ohio. As Joseph Newgarden wins the Indy race. Good for him. Over, over in the Sweet Science, this is like to call boxing. It was a, once again, you know, these weird belts. So, Chris Colbert retains the 130-pound intro belt. Doesn't even have a name like Walter. It's just a 130-pound belt. And it's an interim belt over two stog. <laughs> Let's not even try it. Naomi, Nayambar, that's it. Not even going to try his first name. But it was a decision. It was in Carson, probably at Dignity Health Sports Park. But yeah, the 130-pound interim belt. What the heck does that even mean? And also on the 4th, has become ritual. Getting to see Joey Chestnut do his thing. Joey pounds down 76 dogs to top his already record. 76 hot dogs. Y'all know what I mean. <sighs> right? Hot dogs, like, it's like inserting a lead pipe to the gut. I mean, 76 of those, doesn't it just make you want to just wrench? And if you, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could get vulgar, but I'll, I'll, I'll avoid it. I'll, let, I'll leave it to everybody's imagination. You know, I always wonder about, you know, the constitution of these folks and what kind of um, discomfort they go through after these competitions. Anyway, yeah, we got through this segment pretty quick. We got the WNBA power rankings. We might as well let you know what the ladies on the hardwood are doing. 
you know, it's always a good lead into the NBA beat, which we'll do on the other side. But Las Vegas Aces still holding top with Seattle right behind them. But a little shakeup. Candace Parker, who's been making things happen in Chicago, may occupy the third spot. Number four, the Connecticut Sun. Number five, Minnesota Lynx. Sorry, Sabrina fans. No New York Liberty in the top five. Two weeks in a row, I believe. Crazy stuff. Well, all right, folks. Fourth of July, holiday weekend. Kind of quiet on the something you should probably know beat. But that's okay, because we've got some NBA to talk about on the other side. See you then. Don't be enjoying the groove that much. I had to get a few extra beats in there. Actually, just that beverage just tasted so good. I thought I'd take a few extra sips. All right, let's talk some NBA beat. I'll update the score at the end of the segment. You know, why not? Well, 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 well. That pop. You know, the hybrid, wokester, part patriot, whatever the hell. Once again, coming out and showing his asshole card by making a statement about Kevin Love. Yes, that Kevin Love. We talked about this last week with the whole Jalen Rose flap. Mentioned a little more about that momentarily as well. He says it's not going to be a cakewalk at Olympic training camp. Now, was there a point for Pop? I know he's trying to score woke points, but it's like, dude, do you always have to be that ass? And, you know, in your little, in your high moral ground that guys like you and Curse stand on, thinking us unenlightened folks don't understand social justice and have to, like, you know, you have to always be on Mount Olympus preaching the oracle. And this is another one of those. Instead of just saying, hey, you know, this is going to be a rigorous camp for all. He wants to make it seem like, hey, we're not going to give the white guy a pass. Well, who that follows basketball thought for even two seconds that, oh, gee, Kevin Love's trip, now that he's supposedly the token white guy, they're going to put him up in an Airbnb in Waikiki with beautiful girls setting him with those big leaf fans and, and fruity drinks being served and roasted pig. Come on, Pop. Stop being an ass. I mean, there is no point whatsoever in letting us know, gee, it's going to be so easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. You know, I, I get why Kawhi told him to F off. You know, and I guarantee he probably whooped my ass. But if I ever saw him, I probably would throw one of these signers in his face and just go, yeah, dude, that's for you. <laughs> Let's talk about Dame Della Holler. Well, Dame Della Holler is... Just tired of all this speculation and people basically putting words in his mouth. He comes out earlier today and says he has not requested a trade out of Portland. And from now on, he will keep his thoughts about his situation to himself and to his teammates and organization. 
Makes sense. I mean, I've talked about Dame for weeks. I never thought he was going to be out of Portland, even though I'm not going to guarantee that. Because he did leave the point of just like saying, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. But yeah, I, living up here in Oregon and then also just, you know, the abyss that is Twitter, I can see how Dame is getting fed up with all the speculation, and especially when people start coming up with all kinds of wild theories about why he would want out of Portland. Makes sense. Okay. You know those commercials with Captain Obvious. Well, this is one where I wish I had Captain Obvious. And, you know, he has that silly NBA commercial, which is really bad. But I wish you could get him in silver in a commercial. Because Commissioner Silver comes out and says the obvious. He says, fans back in the stands help the league emerge from its financial burden. Really? Well, given that, you know, it came as a trickle, and I'm sure, you know, charging up the ying. But... Once again, somebody else taking us for a fool. Yeah, I'm sure it, it's helping the bottom line, but I think China, the China money is what really helped you on the financial burden. Just, it's good to have fans back in the stands and have that energy. It would be the better thing to say. But I know he wants to make it seem like, yes, man, having fans back, you know, for the last part of the season, that helped us get over the hump. It's like, man, okay, if you really think we're that stupid, or gullible, fine. But me personally, you know, as I said about Pop, stop being an ass. We, we were just not buying any of it. Boy, we've just gotten a little bit feisty here. How about Luca leading Slovenia to his first Olympic berth? Pretty cool, yeah? And then you've got another one of these rumors that I think is kind of crazy. You know, the word is that the Lakers want to move Guys like Crappy Coos, as people call him, like Kyle Kuzma, and you know, possibly get rid of uh, you know, Cantavius Caldwell Pope and whatever else they can get to sort of you know solidify the roster. When you watch, you know, some of these teams that are still alive, that's something that the Lakers even lacked last year as far as like quality perimeter shooting. And other fundamentals like making your damn free throws. But, you know, anyway, I think it's pretty cool that uh, folks have DeMar DeRozan supposedly come to L.A. I say no way. And why I say it's pretty cool is because you've got some of these people. I'm not even thinking it was like someone like Colin or one of those guys on FS1 come in and say, I think this is pretty much a foregone conclusion this is going to happen. Y'all really think adding DeRozan with Braun and AD is going to be the difference and get past what is going to be a juggernaut West, at least for the duration of LeBron's career and beyond? I don't think so. I mean, as a Laker fan, yeah, I've gotten tired of Kuz. I was tired of Kuz a long time ago, and I would really be surprised if I was a GM I wouldn't trade him for, you know, some stale stadium beer and some two-year-old peanuts, but that's just me. Okay. Uh, before we, let's talk about the hardwood. Well, let's talk about how we got here. So, the Hawks, who I had great things to say all year long, they came up short. 
Trey came back, but clearly he wasn't himself. So the Bucks were able to head to their first final since the Abdul-Jabbar era. Think about that. When they lost to the Celtics. Yeah, I remember that. I wasn't happy about that either. Because I was always a big Kareem fan. So, you know, we might follow the Bucks quite a bit back in that day. I was really happy when he came to the Lakers. Another story for another time. But, um, yeah, you know, props to the Hawks, man. You know, great run. Hope to see, you know, if they can keep that together, team together for a bit. Hope to see some great things. Wow, look at all those Bucks fans outside of the FC. You know, fans inside, fans outside. Really into it. We'll talk about that more in a second. Let's see. I said Bucks fans, yeah. Okay, so that, that brings us to the finals. As you know, the freak was hurt. And was really questioning whether or not he would be able to start the series. Well, he came back. It was a late game decision. Scored 20, but was not nearly enough. As CP3 goes for 32-4-9, Phoenix basically cruises to a game one victory. So, they're, so right, they're up 1-0. And right now, I can tell you that it is a 10-point lead with 140 left. In the third quarter, Phoenix 86, Milwaukee 76. So, I know one of the things that's come out of this, and, you know, before I get on the, before I start getting drunk on the hater aid, the CP3 revision is, right, it's really cracking me up. Yeah, he's had a great career, but we're like putting him on the Pantheon where this guy's been a PAB. And you all know what I mean, a P-A-B, a stone-cold P-A-B. Um, you know, more, you know, for his cheap shots and, and pouting. Now, all of a sudden, he's a great leader, a game-changer. You know, possibly should be considered as one of the top ten if he leads the Suns to this championship. And this is great, but it's like, okay, he's having his moment when Harden... And Kyrie, Bronny, Bron, 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 A Day, Murray. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, it had been interesting to see what he could have done playing with Kobe. But, you know, I think about his time at other places coming up short. You know, and I don't feel this is the same thing with. Uh, he's not what Elway was. I mean, Elway went to Super Bowls. He just happened to be playing against some really good teams. You know, right? The Giants, Redskins, and 49ers before he was able to secure a back-to-back. Not the same story here, right? And I guess a CV3, I'm not poo-pooing, you know, right? He's elite, as we like to say. But this whole revision thing, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Okay. What about this Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols beef? WTF. Okay, um, you know, the details are what they are. And Disney basically pulling Rachel from the sideline role. Man, you know what? It just seems to me that there's just something rotten on all sides of this. And my gut instinct, this is going to be bad for both of them. And they're probably going to end up down the road of exile that Jamel, Michael Smith, Garrett Champion... And, and 
the other personalities that weren't woke, but the white breads, but you know how with ESPN had that purge. They got rid of all the radicals and then just trimmed, you know, the white breads. <laughs> I have a feeling Rachel and Maria are both going to be in that. And it's going to be one of those things like, you know, with Jamel and Michael Smith being, you know, um, you know, a casualty of it, you know, right? That it's more trouble than it's worth to have either one of them around. And, you know, I don't really particularly care for either one of them. You know, I know that people tend to, like, heap high praise on Maria, but I think, you know, I don't see it. I mean, I'll give Rachel her due, you know, that old, old rock, rock, raccoon eyes Rachel. But, you know, she's no Ramona Shelper, okay? So, you know, I, I, I pick, I, I don't discriminate. You know, I think she's kind of light, too, but she's spent a little niche with the jump, and hopefully she doesn't lose that, but something, something tells me she'll be on Turner. It's going to be curious, you know, with Maria, because I feel like Maria is either going to become the female face of ESPN, or she is going to be doing some jive-ass show on, like, Vice, and, and, and having her own podcast or Twitter show, and being in that exile, because, you know, there's just something rotten about this, I don't necessarily think the power play and, you know, the weirdness that the, the audio being leaked out about Rachel said, it's going to be good for either one of them. That's my take on it. Um, and, you know, speaking of the crazy, you know, I'm always bringing this up whenever I get a chance, whenever I see it go down. So, Chef Curry, I guess there's a rare rookie card out there for, of his. Get this, it sells for a whopping $5.9 million, almost $6 million for a basketball rookie card of somebody in this era. What the hell is happening, people? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I'm not poo-pooing on the whole card thing. You know, I'd give anything to have a 52 medal. You know, well, I wouldn't even get into Honus Wagner or anything cool like that. But I'm just saying, for people in this era, you know, I started complaining about Mike Trout's car. But this, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Enough of ranting. We'll be back with a little MLB NHL right around the bend. All righty, so let's do the Nightfall of Diamonds in a trip around the, the roller rink of life in our Zamboni. So, starts out with a very bad, disturbing story, you know, holiday celebration going awry. It's one thing of telling you what happened to you know, Gene Stiller in Georgia. Then we find out Columbus... Blue Jackets goalie Matisse Klevenikis dies in a tragic accident in Detroit. It was in a hot tub and he was hit by an errant firework or mortar or something like that in the chest. I mean, what the? I saw that and I was thinking at first, you know, 
Maybe he was, but you know, just to be sick in a hot tub and getting hit by Aaron, and it was somebody who knew what they were doing, apparently was licensed and trained, just a freak accident. Youngster, you know, he was in his early 20s, visiting a coach and some of the people that were training together. Condolences go out to his family and his friends and the folks in the Blue Jackets organization. Just a really terrible, terrible, terrible story. Really just, you know, crushes, you know, kind of, you know, takes the fun out of, out of the rest of the segment. Just even thinking about it. But, that, but you know, we move on. So, Tampa Bay becoming title town. And what do you think about the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup? As I kind of figured, you know, they, they had gone up 3-0. The Habs were able to win a game on Monday night. But this, I think that Tampa Bay wanted to win it back in front of its fans. Back-to-back. Well, only the second or third team to do that in the last 30 years. They get their third championship. Go along with what uh, Brady and company did. Fun times in Tampa. A lot of props out to uh, the Lightning. They kind of, you know, were walking on the on the precipice of, 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 of things this season. Always kind of hanging there. You know, there were some great stories, obviously. You know, the revival of the Islanders, the Canadians. You know, the ongoing success of Vegas Golden Knights. The Avs becoming, a, you know, a force again. But lo and behold, it's Tampa Bay, class of the NHL. Be looking forward to seeing if they can three-peat. Join some really elite company there. Um, okay, let's talk about the night full of diamonds. A little MLB roundup. First off, you have to wonder and about Rob Manfred. You know, already have a major headache with the all-star fiasco that went down in Georgia, kind of the knee-jerk reaction there, as far as, you know, not really thinking that through. Now he has to contend with, you know, one of the major showcases of his product. Nobody wants to attend. People are pulling out left and right. DeGrom basically saying, nah, I want to chill with my family. The guys in Houston... Although some people think that may be just an F you back to everybody who's calling them cheaters. But you, you have to wonder, especially given all the headache that happened with Georgia as far as pulling the game out, that he can't have some flex as far as, you know, kind of making these guys. You know, it's, it's one thing for me to get on to Naomi Osaka for not wanting to do a press conference. But I feel it's the same thing with these guys, and it should be in your contract. I don't care how tired you are. Um, you know, it's one of the showcases of the game. It's a great tradition. You play two or three innings, right? I, You know, I, yeah, I just think it's doing the game a disservice. I think it's kind of a headache because you take away a lot of the big names. Who's going to watch it? Oh, yeah, we're going to watch the home run derby, but the actual game itself. And the actual game itself has been kind of a snooze fest. I think it's something that Mr. Rob is going to have to deal with. Mr. Rob is going to have to deal with Mr. Bauer. We talked about this last week. He's He was on seven-day administrative leave. MLB has extended his leave of absence. In response, the Dodgers, who were, I think, pretty standoffish at first, have come down pretty hard. They've canceled his bobblehead night and pulled all of his merchandise out of, you know, the team stores, at the stadium and outlets. Um, 
Yeah, you know, we talked about this last week, you know, but the whole, I, mean, I don't know, until the, I mean, I try to stay away from the police blotter a lot because a lot of these things, you know, aren't resolved until later. And I hate, you know, going on some rant only for it to come back and be, well, you know, you rushed the judgment, pulled the Mark Lane, and it turned out. But, you know, when you see the Dodgers taking a, you know, a strong step like that, as, as, as the guy says in JFK, if there's some smoke, if there's smoke, that must be some fire. And I'm really feeling that way about this. You know, he signed that ridiculous contract, making like $40 million a year. And, you know, I don't want to sound like the moralist here, but I'm like, really? You're, you're making that coin? And you couldn't pay somebody who would let you do whatever they wanted to as far as getting your freak on. Instead, you hook up with someone who's to say she might not be crazy either. That's not for me to decide. I'll let the investigators and ultimately the courts if it comes down to that. But man, if you I mean, you're making that cut up, buddy, and getting your freak on is going to put you at peril like this, I'll never understand that one. That's just me. Wow. Okay, Dodgers got a lot of news. Like, once again, talking about one of my teams. But it's not because I want to talk about my teams. It's just they happen to be making a lot of news this week. And speaking of the whole Bauer situation, I found it interesting. The legendary Dave Stewart, you know, more known for his days with the A's and the J's. But, yes, he started out as a Dodger. He was on that 81 championship team, which is going to have its 40th anniversary. He says that he has no plans on, on attending because he does not like the way the Dodgers handled this situation. Felt that they pussyfooted it around. Went on to say that, you know, if the O'Malley's were running this, that wouldn't be tolerated. He would probably be gone. Well, that was then, Dave. This is now. And with the kind of numbers and the kind of buyout. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that. We see that Kirsch. Goes on the on on the DL. Is there a reason to be concerned? I think if you're a Dodger fan, hell of a reason to be concerned. You know he's had lower back issues. Now problems in his arm. As I've said, you know, being a fan, you know, when I talk with folks, you know, some of our failures, I just go, the guys pitched so many freaking innings, just the total workhorse, and you have to wonder about him, and you know. Maybe you just keep him keep him fresh for, for a strong playoff run. But yeah, you know, being the yo man and pulling down all these innings, you know, for quite a while now, yeah, you can see that it's taking its toll on him and he's slowly breaking down. By the way, Phoenix is up by seven, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, 93-86. But yeah, curse get well. And a positive note for the Dodgers. It was really cool to see them at the, at the White House as now that Trump is gone, teams feel it's okay to go back to the White House. And it was cool to see, regardless of your political affiliation, it was cool to see the Dodgers and just seeing a team be able to celebrate a success, being able to go to the White House and not have any acrimony associated with it. All I can tell you on that one. And one more thing about the Dodgers Kind of interesting that they were the hottest team in baseball for a bit, winning nine in a row before they ran into the buzzsaw in Miami. 
and basically dropped three out of four, only salvaging not getting swept by winning six and one today. Flip side of that, the Cubs, winners of 11 in a row. I mean, losers of 11 in a row, excuse me, before they won last night. It's kind of interesting to see them going to the tank. Then there is the story about our man. Now, speaking of the All-Star game, you know, the, the, the 21st century Babe Ruth, Mr. Otani being the first to be named to the All-Star team as a pitcher and a position player. I mean, dude has like 32 home runs, man. You know, and killing it on the mound, killing it at the bat. It's just such a fantastic story. And it's just, I hope people are really taking notice of this, of us being able to see something like what Babe Ruth was doing back in the 20s. I mean, it's truly phenomenal. I mean, a really great thing to see. Okay, so let's get to the power rankings. And this is definitely going to shift after what's transpired this week. We headed into the week with those Dodgers, winners of nine in a row. They were at the top spot, followed by their arch rivals, those San Francisco Giants, with the Bo Sox in three, the Cheaters four, and an up-and-coming rival of the Dodgers, the Padres in five. All right, folks, got a lot in there. We're really going to have a mouthful, so we're going to like really refresh on the, on the beverages because we have a lot of beautiful game life to talk about on the other side. See you then. getting slow with, with the intro music. Like, oh, I was sitting here daydreaming. Ah, checking out the game. Still seems like Suns have it in control. I said the the uh, Suns in five when I was asked last week at the bar. Looking more the case. I think the Bucks are capable of taking a game, but no more than that. So let's get to some beautiful game life. Well, well, well. Let's see how long this segment goes. Hopefully we'll get through it quick enough. Yeah, another fascinating week. Told you last week about the whole thing of the timbers and the looms, the loons, and the whole racist thing. Well, MLS's investigation into the timbers racist allegation turns up nothing. Are we surprised? Hell, ever no, we're not surprised. Based on what I've seen in general with these things. I mean, I love some of the suggestions people have that, you know, forcing these guys to have, you know, and the, and the, the rig looks like a sports bra, but it's actually to measure performance and, and other things is to put microphones there so we can catch people in the act. Yeah, it's a novel idea. I don't think so. It's so hard to prove, you know, and obviously you get caught dropping some racist stuff. It's pretty much a career killer. So... I can see how the teams are going, are they, well, not really condoning it, definitely are like saying, well, we really can't see any clear evidence of it, so we're not going to push it because we've got so much invested in these guys. But 
I, you know, I've said it before, you know, there's no room for that. And your ass needs to be booted if caught. But so far, you know, with every time, you know, it's always inconclusive. You know, I don't, I would love to know what they're doing, trying to lip read or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I don't know if it's a figment of these people making the allegation. You know, when you can't prove these things, this is the kind of window we're left with. And so, yeah, you know, it's kind of unfortunate, you know, especially Chara, good guy. And, you know, he, he obviously, you have, I mean, very passionate about it. So I hate questioning the veracity, but it's just like, gee whiz, can't, you know. Anyways, we got too much to talk about. So for me to, to like dwell too, too much on that. Um, I thought it was interesting. Mauricio sorry, basically came out and said, coaching CR7 isn't easy. The former boss at U Juventus says, Ronaldo was like a multinational company. You know, that basically his interests occasionally coincide with football. So I can see, you know, as what, him being the big conglomerate that he is, that he probably is a total pain in the butt. More on CR7 here in a second as we talk about the mad season. You know, the transfer window is really blooming. I told you about PSG and, their, and, and the big summer they're having. Well, they've put all of these names that I've been telling you was going to happen. It's, I can tell you that this week, um, gee, Mr. Ramos and um, grief. the other Mr. Hakim, they both arrived in Paris this week, took their physicals holding the jersey for the number of years they're going to be in Paris. PSG fans are happy about that. Um, we see that Super Mario is in Mr. Bellatelli. He's taking his talents to Turkey, joining a recently promoted squad. We also see the man in black. Yeah, that man in black, Mr. Simeon, is re-up for three more years off Atletico Madrid. He really likes it. I know a lot of Squads in Europe would love, you know, to, to take a crack at him. But you have to give him props for being loyal, and obviously they treat him well. You know, good for him. And back to CR, CR7. Let me take a quick yawn here. Speaking of PSG, now that PSG has had a pretty fantastic summer. You know, you know getting Mr. Hot Boy between the pipes from AC Milan. You know, uh, the two targets I've mentioned. Well, and the possibility of getting Paul Pogba. Well, apparently CR7 has got his eyes on Paris once again. What do I say to that? Just a big yawn. Every time. I mean, how would the numbers even, how would it even fit for him or Messi, given the signings? Let's be real here. I mean, it's great for, you know, the pundits. Oh, don't get me wrong. If they can work out some weird deal, I mean, the guy is like, like sorry said, he is like a like a multinational co corporation. If he's willing to, you know, pay, play for a reduced salary just to be a part of this, I'm I'm down with it. But I'm like, no way. He's not. He's not gonna go play in Paris for peanuts. Forget about it, as they like to say. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, let's talk about the Euros. So, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. 
the last talk, Spain, Spain and Switzerland went down the kick, kicks. Italy pretty much put, put it into the golden generation of Belgium, 2-1. Denmark, 2, Czech Republic, 1. England crushed Ukraine. So let's get down to the real stuff. So, and, you know, the, the, these semis were fantastic. You had Italy and Spain, two Titanics. Italy defeats Spain on penalty kicks 4-2. Italy, to me, has been the best team. Then we flip over to England. You know me and all the spewing that's going on with England. England advances to the final on what was a very suspect penalty awarded to them in extra time. Kane missed a shot, caught the rebound. Tough break for the Danes. An incredible run for them. And yes, Rebecca Lowe's and the two Robbies and, and you know... All the obnoxious people. It's just it's just ridiculous. You know, it's coming home. You all have never even won the Euros for it to be coming home. It, it just yeah, it's so silly. You know, one whether either either you're 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 drunk with hubris or you're like salty as the salt sea when it comes to England being in the final and the thought of them winning. But Hey, Italy is not going to be a pushover. They've been the best team in this tournament, probably been the best team in Europe since the World Cup, and, you know, with France and with his issues that we've talked about last week. Looking forward to it. Over in the Copa, we have Peru taking out Paraguay on, per on penalty kicks. Brazil, 1-0. Colombia gets past Uruguay. Says my buddy, Mr. Cavani, home and all that good stuff. Argentina at Cruz over Ecuador, and then the semis. Neymar leads Brazil, once again, being a wizard, involved in everything. They beat Peru 1-0. And you had Argentina edging Colombia on penalty kicks. Got a little bit ugly there. You know, I, was, I think there was some, um, I don't know. I think it, Argentina took the taunting a little bit far. Makes me wonder if it's not going to come back and bite him in the boo-boo since it is Brazil. You know, being in a major tournament on its on, on its own soil. Um, I don't know. This is a chance for Messi to win his first international title. You would think all the glory that he's had in his career that, you know, they've not won the Copa. They obviously ain't won no World Cup. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of torn. I didn't like the way they behaved. But it, sure, it would just be, you know, kind of weird. But at the same time, I'm not shedding any tears, you know. You know, Messi's had lots of success in Barcelona. You know, had a whopping four-year, almost $700 million deal. So it's not like I'm shedding any tears for Leo, let me tell you. Okay, we've been babbling. Let's get let's get it on. Got two MLS segments to talk about. We'll talk about what happened over the weekend, power rankings, and we'll get into the midweek action. So, over the weekend, we had LAFC. Getting back to weeks of winning ways with an impressive win in Salt Lake. We had with the two we had some two heavyweights play in you know the new stadium in Columbus. The crew scratching back to salvage a draw, two two with the Red Hot Revs. How about DC United putting a seven putting a seven bone on TFC seven one? You know it's so disgusting. The brass told Arm Chris Armas. Get lost in this first year. Just said after you get beat that way by DC United, it's time for you just to, we'll, we'll send your stuff to you. 
So that experiment didn't work out too well. Yeah, gotta keep an eye on Montreal. Quietly putting together a series of, of impressive wins. Um, I thought it was pretty impressive that Red Bull New York took out you know the darling Orlando. That everybody's crazy. Another team you need to keep an eye on, as I keep saying week to week. This team in Chicago, moving the Soldier Field has obviously made a difference. Got a very impressive win at home, taking out the five stripes 3-0. Minnesota and San Jose drove at two. Cardiac Kids took care of business, winning 1-0. Houston, you know, the king of the draws. They had a draw with FC Cincinnati, the other team that's looking better. I don't know what the heck's going on with FC Dallas. Colorado, who's very impressive as well. Like like to see a lot of fans at Dick's you know, over the recent years. It's because of a cavern in there. It was kind of cool to see a lot of folks at Dick's as the Sounders came into town. 1-1 one, one draw there. Sounders were very unfortunate, very fortunate to hang on there, but they remained undefeated. And then the Galaxy were brought back to earth by Sporting Kansas City. No surprise there. So the power rankings reflect that. Seattle's one, Sporting Kansas City's two, the Revs are three, Orlando City took the took the, the beat down four, New York City is five. That's what the rankings are. But they're going to be different based on what happened in the midweek action. Start out with LAFC. They made it two in a row. So they went down to the ATX and got a very impressive win. 2-0. Sifu, another big goal there. Yeah, Diego Rossi getting on the board. Good to see the black and gold fight against Mojo. Then, you know, the beleaguered TFC gets a very big win yesterday, beating the Revs 3-2. Montreal kept it going by taking down number five NYCFC. So watch Montreal to move up in the power rankings. Chicago once again continues to impress. As the Darlings... Orlando City sustained a second straight loss, losing to Chicago 3-1. Colorado, as I was just saying, very impressive. They took care of the Loons 2-0. Seattle remains undefeated because they beat Houston. You know, the king of the draws. No draw last night there. Real Salt Lake just knocks the crap out of... Oh, gosh, who did they... Yeah, the Whitecaps. And then you had Carson... Giving crappy FC Dallas another loss. It was like 3-1. The U.S. women beat Mexico again. Taught a bit last week as they tune up in the Olympics. It was like 4-0 last week. 4-0 again. Give you a hint of what's going on in the NWSL table. As North Carolina Courage at 16 points have a narrow lead over the Portland Thorns and the Orlando Pride who are trailing by a point. Another thing to say about the a, about the uh, NWSL on my way out, find it very interesting, you know. As, it, as I was talking earlier about being a Northridge grad, which is why I have a connection with the LA teams, and I'm always keeping an eye. That's how I became a fan of LAFC. More to it than that, but we'll talk about that some other time. But you know, as I've told you in the past about Angel City, and I think what a big splash they are going to make as far as. NWSL trying to make a mark. Well, its supporters are up in arms and lighting the torches. My, my, my. <laughs> you know why? It's because they just plucked from the North Carolina Courage, we just mentioned, who were atop the NWSL table. 
for its first coach, it's a male. And, boy, this is a tough one. I think North Carolina has a good pro uh, program. Not unsound to pull somebody from them, but I think that, you know, some of the hardcore women's, women are saying, hey, you can't try to tell me there isn't a woman out there who, who's got the credentials to take this job. And, you know, I thought about it, and it, it's an interesting point because I think that they made a solid hire, but I don't have a fault in the sense that the chance of women getting the coach at the top level of men, even if Becky Harmon's getting closer, you know, it's far likely to see, you know, them get a, get a head coaching chop with men. So would be right, especially the folks who have the passion and want to see women's sports thrive, want to see women coaching the teams, you know, role models and something for girls to strive for. So, yeah, to me, that's a definite double-edged sword, you know, as far as that goes. I can see the indignation, but at the same time, it's hard to see. I think that as long as um, Sean Nahas puts together a squad that gets it done on the field and allows Angel City to make some noise in the coming years, I think you know, that will dissipate. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty woke militant group anyways. I mean, you know, they're always fighting on Twitter about, you know, with, with some of the male fans that want to hop on the bandwagon because they are going to be playing at the bank where, where LAFC plays, you know, and, and they're got, you know, fans from the Galaxy and LAFC both. But, you know, the women are basically saying, hey, you don't tell us how the former supporting groups, don't tell us how to govern this, you know, we're going to do this our way. And so I get it. All right, folks, we're going to be back with the NFL report and some TMA time on the other side. Let's, let, let's clean some things up here. I forgot to mention that Nashville and Atlanta 2-2, New York and Philly 1-1. Both ended up in draws. Phoenix takes a 2-0 lead. 118-108 is the final. As they say, you know, series doesn't begin until the home, home team loses. Phoenix took care of business in the Valley. Now let's see what happens as the series ships back to the Midwest. Okay, let's do some NFL report. So some interesting stuff coming out this past week. I guess, you know, the CFL and the XFL were talking a joint partnership. Now they say that's not going to be. Which makes me wonder, is that going to spell doom for both? I know that there was a little experimentation years back where the CFL... Had some teams out here, remember the Las Vegas Stars. But you know, I just don't, yeah. We know how the CFL skipped the pandemic. And, you know, it's a big tradition, you know, the Grey Cup and all that kind of stuff. But I have to wonder, and this XFL thing, right? Um, I like the USFL, and I'm wondering, 
Should all of those entities get together to form a spring league that will actually give a darn about? Um, you know, right? Seems like a lot of a lot of sailing ships to nowhere, as they as they say, with a ship of fools. Anyway, the XFL is talking twenty twenty three for its reboot, and you know, makes no sense. Maybe the XFL or USFL combined. How surreal is that? If you know your history. <laughs> What about the Cowboys being featured on Hard Knocks for a third time? What do I think about that? I say bully for them. You all want to be in front of the camera instead of focusing on the rings. Whatever. Why can't I say being a Washington fan? But I'm glad that Washington hasn't been on there, so I I haven't had to watch it. Because otherwise, Hard Knocks is just something I've never, ever, you know, given much attention to. I don't know why. But I just think it's interesting, you know. The Jerry Jones talk about me, me, me. But yeah, you know, I want you all to see what a wonderful organization we have. Yeah, whatever. Speaking of having too much focus, A-Raj, you know, there's gotta, we got to have the A-Raj watch every week. <clears throat> he says he's used the offseason to focus on his mental health, whatever the F that means. Oh, yeah. Kicking Danica to the curb and getting yourself a little Hollywood girl, growing your hair long, hanging out with Parson DeChambeau, and yeah, okay. What, whatever, dude. I mean, talk about somebody who just gets more and more obnoxious by the week. Um, you know, I get it because, you know, he's going to be, you know, for what all reports say, he is a D-I-C-K. He's probably enjoying every minute watching people squirm. And, you know, being way too um, interested in every move that he makes. You know, and I'm sure he's laughing all the way. And I'm sure he threw it out there just for laughs. Yep. Dumb like a fox, as they say, huh? <laughs> you know, speaking of Brady and Rodgers, you know, I, I hate when they try to put Rodgers in the same, you know, category because... There's a reason why one is a legend and the one's overrated. It's like, you know, it's with Brady. Love him or hate him, or even if you're indifferent. You know, there's just a certain level of, yeah, I'm all that. I really don't have to do anything to, like, you know, get attention. Where it just seems like, you know, Rogers is like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah, you all think, yeah, you all know I'm live. And with, you know, Brady, it's just, yeah, right. I could throw this. I, I can. I, I can make a pass with the Super Bowl trophy. Um, I I can leave the Patriots, go to Tampa Bay, and make them a force. Can you imagine if he had played for Las Vegas or something like that? Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy, but it just cracks me up because when I look at Brady, who, who I can't stand, but have the utmost respect for, and just go, yeah, I mean, this is a legend. When I look at Rogers, I go, yeah, you're good. But you know a lot of people that are good. You know, right? I've said a million times, give me farm over him any day. Ha. So we've talked about Cameron Kinley, and that was really interesting. The Secretary of Defense reverses his direction. And he's cleared the way for Mr. Kinley to, to try out for the Bucks. Not saying he's gonna make the squad. But I'm thinking, yeah, you know, there's a way for him to get a service. In. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, Rogers. I, mean, I was just watching, you know, uh, football life, 
you know, the profile of Roger Staubach. And I'm just like going, yeah, you know, there's something to be said about that, but these are different times. And yeah, the Navy doesn't need a PSA, but I just think it's sort of goodwill, and I think he can do a lot playing for the Bucks, and, you know, be a role model, which is something, you know, I know we take that for granted, but I think it's a cool thing. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Um, you know what's interesting? Speaking of Brady's old team, what about in the Patriot way? Is it becoming still? You've got someone like Nikhil Henry. He was drafted by you know, second or third round at ASU. He's had he's been okay, but he's not getting enough touches. And he wants to. He wants his agent is trying to force New England to trade him. First of all, who is Nikhil Henry? But Nikhil Harry, excuse me. See, I can't even get his name right. But I just think it's interesting, you know, with the you know, you know Brady leaving, Gronk, Elman retiring, and Patrick Chung and others, you know, has the Patriot way become stale, or as me and my homies like to say back in the day, has the game passed you by? All could be true. We'll have to see, but there just seems to be a level of discontentment at the same time. There is hope because they do, they like what they're seeing in Mac Jones. It's obviously got Cam wired up. I look for the Patriots to rebound, but I think it, you know, folks wanting out of there is sort of troubling. And, you know, what about, let's talk about Russell Wilson. Gosh, you know, see that guy working the public image campaign? You know, just all out there, hey, I'm a good guy. And then, you know, that cheesy photo op that him and Sierra did. I forget what they recreated. But, you know, I won't say it out here because I don't want to get in trouble. But just like going, man, can you be any softer? I mean, I no wonder the Legion of Boom got tired of this guy. I know I've said that before. I said like a broken record. But it's like, you know what, man? Take, you know, show me on the field. None of this IG TikTok BS, you know, right? You don't need the PR. You 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 have the cred. I mean, I get it. Your your wife's showbiz. Brady's wife's a supermodel. You don't see him involved in all that stupid stuff. Learn from a legend. Strive to be a legend instead of somebody that wants to be like Russ. That would be my thirty-seven cents. What do we think about Kurt Warner bringing his rags? To Rich's life story to the big screen. Well, I think nothing. You know, I think, you know, I'm one of these people, you know, have heard me say it in previous podcasts. You know, the modern generation of football movies, you know, the Rudies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, remember that Titans and, you know, the other one. Oh, I can't even. Just, boo, you know, whatever happened to Semi Tough, North Dallas 40, the original Longest Jarred. Black Sunday, those were football movies, man. You know, uh, two minute warning, and then the other one that even though they even had Damon Williams, well, uh, not Damon, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Was it like the last Boy Scout? Yeah, man, football movies used to be cool. None of this, like, oh my god, I overcame all this up. The blind side, that's the one that I'm thinking of, but yeah, I mean, okay, I get it. It'll be one of those stories that you'll have someone like Greedy going, yeah, man, didn't just want to make it put on the pads and put on the face paint. Yeah, F out of here. Okay, that's a great lead-in to 
Ding, 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 ding. TMA time, folks. Turn McCory for another week. It's time to hand out those stainless balls of the smelly varieties for those who earned it. So what do we got for TMA? What do we got for TMA time this week? Let's start out with USA track and field for not allowing Shikari to compete. Seriously, you all get a big stainless steel bowl for that. I mean, yes, there's timing involved, but you know what? Show some flexibility. I get it. You don't want to piss off the IOC and you want to make her segment, but with it being legal, I know she said that she 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 lit up because you know she was coping with her mom passing away, which. You know, our condolences go out to her and all that kind of stuff. But I really don't think, you know, that's the first time you lit up as a coping mechanism. I think you've done a hell of a lot of coping, Sakari. I'm going to let you slide on that one. But I ain't going to let USA track and field for not allowing you to compete and be in the relay. I mean, she could have, but they don't want to show favorites. You know, probably been hanging out with Popovich and taking message, you know, too many lessons from him. He should be on there for his comment. In fact, I am going to give Popovich a, I'm going to give him a large stainless steel bowl of a smelly variety too. He deserves it for that stupidness. Don't have it on my outline, but now, now that I mentioned it, going to give a two large stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties to the knucklehead English fan that pointed a laser at, Jim, at Denmark's goalie before, you know, uh, Harry Kane took the penalty kick. Really? But, you know, it's just, you know England's going to get penalized, but, you know, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. But it's just sort of like the racist and these idiots like this band. Anyhow, I don't know who you are, but somewhere else you're going to get sent two stainless steel bowls of the smelliest varieties for being an asshole. And I think we're going to give, you know, a pair of large stainless steel bowls to Dembele and Anton Griezmann for mocking Asian staff and angering sponsors with their antics. People, take some sensitivity training. You know, I don't know what movie you need to watch that gets into your head. This is not going to cut it. And you high-profile folks, there is no backroom conversation. There is no, I mean, ask Rachel Nichols about saying something, you know, off the cuff and it's somehow coming to light. If you're, in a, if you're in the spotlight, no way of getting around it. And this was just really stupid. I also want to give one to the fans booing the national anthem at these international soccer tournaments, you know, when the other team's national anthem. Grow the F up, people. Okay, I mean, show a little bit of respect. You know, it's one thing if you, you know, if you're mad at our country, but we got more class than that. We'll just like turn our back on it. But I just think the booing, it just shows such a middle school mentality when you see that kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, complimentary bulls go out. The guy down there. You're going to have to, like, go, you know, rape the sewer quite a bit, you know, the, as far as the complimentary bulls were heading up for that one. And then we will, once again, who, this guy's going to be able to build a whole wing at some point with all the bulls we've handed out. But Skip Bayless gets another stainless steel bowl of smelly varieties. 
I mean, what is up with the, the conspiracy theory that he had about LeBron being at the WNBA game as opposed to supporting Chris Paul? You know, AD was there, and Dame was there. I mean, it's the Clippers. Who the hell wants to sit there and watch the Clippers? I don't care. And, you know, for whatever reason, they're promoting Space Jam. But Skip, to sort of weave this conspiracy that stretched four or five episodes, shame on you, man. You know, LeBron living rent-free in your head, but he's saying, no, he ain't living no rent-free because you all are talking about it. That's why I get paid, bitches. Ah, whatever. All right. We have made it to the end of another amazing episode. A lot of good things still to come. Going through some adjustments here as our our professional life is really ratcheting up and it's really hard for me to get out, especially getting the other podcasts going when I would like to. And even hard to prepare for this one, but we're still delivering content, still making sure we get this one out every week. It's a little bit easier to put together. But I said good things are on the horizon. Got to keep an eye on that Delta variant. Still scary stuff for those of you who aren't vaccinated and those of you who are, who might. No reason to let our guard down. We're out having fun. Things are, are, are back to normal for the most part. So, but that, no time to let our guard down. Let's continue to have a fun summer. Be safe. Enjoy those adult beverages. Enjoy those wonderful vacations. Enjoy those concerts. We'll be back in a week to sort of like, try to like, humor you and enlighten you a little bit more. In the meantime, be safe. Peace out.